Alright, let's get into it. NC State loses the Pop-Tart Bowl 28-19. Welcome back here on Believe in the Wolfpack, episode 8. It was an unfortunate game. It was a bummer. There were some times where I really thought they were going to pull it out and could really, you know, just find some momentum, find that little burst that they needed, but it just... It stayed on Kansas State's side pretty much the entire time. My strategy that I wanted to go with, uh, you know, start with the ball, you know, go up a score, drive down the field, start it off 7 nothing, and then, you know, maybe get a stop, and then you come back and, 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 and you get another score. Never really worked out from the jump. If anything, it kind of worked out uh, for Kansas State. They jumped out to a 14 nothing lead. I mean, they started with the ball and marched down the field. Uh, and made it 7 nothing in an instant. It was a 37-yard touchdown to DJ Giddens, which was a great play. It was an all-out blitz by NC State, which was, honestly, it seemed like the right call because it was an all-blitz by the linebackers to where I think it was Sean Brown who kind of had to cover. Let me see. I had it written down. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it was number zero, Sean Brown. Brown I just wanted yeah it was Sean Brown who had to you know stay in coverage he was the lone real safety lone guy who didn't blitz that was up near the line of scrimmage so when all the linebackers went DJ Giddens kind of leaked out as just you know looked like he was going on a wheel route almost just getting right up the field and instead of kind of playing back since it was a third and five I believe uh, instead of kind of staying right around the first down marker to where even if uh, Avery Johnson throws the ball, you can still wrap them up and bring them down. And then, you know, you don't give up the big touchdown. Instead, he went up, tried to jam him at the line, not allow him any separation, any breathing room, got caught up. Giddens worked around him, was wide open, untouched into the end zone. So on that play, you just got to stay back. I think he knows that. I think he knew that immediately thinking like, oh, okay, we're bringing pressure. Because if he stays back, it's probably a successful blitz. But that was just the start of it all. I mean, it was it was a good play. It was a very impressive play by Avery Johnson, the you know freshman first-time starter in this game. We'll get to him uh, uh, later in the show. But going to start off with the offense for NC State. And uh, it just, there there really wasn't any. It was, uh, it sucked. I mean, Armstrong, Brennan Armstrong was fantastic on on the ground. He had 120-some yards in the first half and a rushing touchdown in the first half. At 17 total carries, that, I mean, was by far the most on the team. The next closest was uh, Kendrick Raphael with, seven carries so obviously Armstrong we knew this going into it that he was going to carry the ball a lot he was going to you know we're going to have those QB draws the QB counters the options with him um and you know he ran the ball very well 120 some yards seven yards a carry had the 30 some yard touchdown which was the lone offensive touchdown tonight um I just he got shut down in the second half Kansas State knew it's like, all right, they don't really have a run game outside of their quarterback. So if we just key on him and then let our defensive line kind of eat up their offensive line, we can stop the running game and even just the passing game pretty easily. That's exactly what they did. Their defensive line was very good. 
against the run in the second half. And that's, again, something I was looking for from NC State against the Kansas State rushing attack. But that second half, they really, you know, strapped up and shut down Brennan Armstrong, who was 14 of 28 for 164 yards and an interception in the air. I mean, we knew that – I don't know. I I was still hopeful that there was going to be a bit more of a balance attack, maybe just look a little more consistent uh, in the passing game because there were some times on some third – it was two separate third and tens, third and eight, third and, you know – not an easy conversion distance uh, where Armstrong kind of went to his first read that was short of the first down marker. I think one of them was to Concepcion where again, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, put too much of the blame on Armstrong or the offense or whatever, because KC was the only, you know, receiver had a few guys transferring and whatnot, but regardless, he just, you know, Going off the eye test from tonight, there's a few times where it's a third and long, third and not very manageable, that it looked like he either could have or should have waited another half a second, second to, you know, see if anyone else is open, scan the field a bit more uh, to where, you know, you're not either trying to run and pick up a yard or two and then make it a fourth and six or then throw it short of the sticks to where it's fourth and four and you're in your own territory. So you're not going to you're not going to go for it. Although, the fake punt was awesome. That was, I mean, that was just so, it it, it felt like, you know, you're thinking, I I feel like everyone was thinking to themselves, like, all right, both offenses are kind of stalling here. Kansas State hasn't gotten anything to, you know, go their way in the second half, and neither have we. Maybe, (laughs) maybe this is the right time for it. And hey, it, it, it. Absolutely was. Penix just got that, broke one tackle, and then was just off to the races. Although the one part, forgot to say something about it, forgot to be a little critical. He was looking back at the one guy almost the entire time, especially for the last like 10, 15 yards. He was just looking and looking and trying to make sure he wasn't getting caught. Just just keep your head forward. Just run. Just go. Don't worry about who's behind you. Just go. You got green grass ahead of you, and no one's in your peripheral vision. Just go. But it was it was pretty funny seeing him just kind of keep checking, like, I don't want to get caught. I don't want to get caught. <laughs> it was a perfect play. It was the perfect time for it, too. A lot of times you'll see these fake punts and, you know, these trick plays in just the worst times possible. It's like your offense has it going, you know, keep them on the field in a fourth and short. If you're going to go for it, keep them on the field in that scenario. Or, or you know, their offense has it going. Their defense can't stop it. Both offenses were just very bad to start the second half and this was the perfect timing for it it was great you know it was it was it wasn't the worst field position but it's not like you were in field goal range you weren't inside your own 20 or 30 it was right in that kind of middle of nowhere part of the field and and it was a perfect play call I loved it I I was you know it was very nice but then once that happened (laughs) then you go to the two-point conversion to try and you know tie it up uh, at 21 all since I think, you know, it, it was a touchdown and a field goal and then a missed field goal. So they had 21, we would have had 20. You just you want to tie it up. Um, and then Armstrong just gets rocked by the blitzing safety off of the, uh, 
off the left side. Yeah, because he was looking to his right and he was going off the left side. He didn't see him. He just got blown up in the backfield. And it was just like, ooh. <laughs> that, uh, yeah. That was where I was like, all right, we got some momentum. And then I saw that. I was like, ooh, might have lost it right there. I don't think they came back down and scored, though. I think it was 21 to 19. Yeah, it was 21 to 19 for a bit. It was 21 to 19 until the fourth quarter, actually. What am I saying? Yeah. It was 21 to 19 until the fourth quarter. So the entire time, I'm thinking to myself, like, all right, we 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 got a chance here. We 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 got a decent chance here. There was a deep ball to KC at one point that was just perfect. And I was like, oh hey, passing game. <laughs> but then there was a few times that it felt like Kansas State just wanted us to win this game. On the punt return touchdown that got called back, you saw the guy blocking in the back. And I don't know. Some may say that was a weak call, but I thought that was pretty clearly. You're blocking him in the back. The only thing that he saw the member on the punt team, uh, or the punt return team, pardon me, for the Wildcats saw was the nameplate for the NC State guy. And, and I mean, I don't understand how you, you wouldn't call that. <laughs> I thought there was another holding on that play as well, coming around the corner when when their punt returner was trying to like work the sideline. But and eh, you, you know whatever. Um, who was it that brought that back? Do they have it on here? Seth Porter, I believe it was Seth Porter. Yeah, so yeah, Seth Porter. You kind of saw him at the end. He was celebrating, and then he was just so mad. <laughs> he was he was about to just kill whoever, <laughs> uh, you know, got that penalty. But then they went to that uh, quick wide receiver screen where I think it was the tight end who was pulling and then went out to block. He was way too early. I, I knew that immediately that he was way too early. You could see it. I mean, in live, real time, it was so obvious to me. And they're going down, and the, the color commentary guy's like, ooh, I don't know about that call. I think the only reason that he didn't know about that call was because the official called it um, an offensive holding call. He, he called it holding. It wasn't a holding call. He just he got there way too soon. He was blocking the DB before the guy even caught the ball, before it, it, as it was barely out of the quarterback's hands. So I thought that was an obvious call. But then even after that call, I'm thinking like, all right, they, they're they trying to give us this game right here. They're, they, they, they want us to win. Like, come on, guys, take advantage. Get a turnover. Do something. The big play on offense. We got to get it rolling here. And it just never happened. <laughs> it just – it never did. It was, it was, I guess it just was never meant to be at first, it really in that first quarter, it just felt like they weren't ready. It, it, the tackling was so bad. It, the offense was just clunky. And, you know, the only thing that was working was the quarterback keepers and counters and whatnot with Armstrong. So it, it really did feel like they just weren't ready and didn't wake up until until the second half. To where then it was, you know, at that point, Kansas State made adjustments, the correct adjustments, uh, and then completely shut down the offense to only nine points. Or not even the offense, completely shut down NC State to only nine points in the second half. Six of them coming from the, the punt unit and Trent Penix. It was a bummer. I mean, this is also just, you know, if, if we can look forward, 
it was a bummer of a game. Yeah, you want to win the you want to win the bowl game. You want to win your bowl game. You want to send your seniors off, right? You want to get the ten wins as well. This now puts both teams, NC State and Kansas State, at nine and four on the year. A ten win season would have been awesome. They said it would have been the second since two thousand and two, I believe. So that would have been great. But you wanted to get to ten wins. Ten ten is just a more satisfying number two than you know nine. But yeah, you know. Looking forward to 2024, a great transfer class, some more young guys that, uh, you know, they have a good chance to contribute right away, and then getting Grayson McCall in the transfer portal. I think that's going to make this offense a much more, much more of a threat as as an aerial attack offense. I think, you know, just throwing the ball, it's going to be night and day. I think Grayson McCall is going to come in and just be a veteran leader, kind of teach the receivers, teach the young guys just, you know, what to do, how to do it correctly, and just, you know, how to work with him. Because even tonight, you saw it with Avery Johnson and how even though he was still young, just he he, he kept looking down the field the entire time. And his receivers didn't really have that connection with him, it seemed, as an in-game, like, hey, if he rolls out here, he likes to throw it here. So I'm hoping in the offseason, that's where Grayson McCall can get with the guys, get with Casey and the rest of the receivers that are coming in and whoever else uh, is going to be a big factor next year and you know, really work with them, especially on this stuff when if the play breaks down, where am I going to go? I mean, the most obvious thing is, you know, say McCall's scrolling out to his right. Casey's on that right side, you know, fake like you're going up. And then, you know, you take three steps. You kind of work on it with with Grace and say, like, all right, boom. After that third step, I'm turning and just 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 sharp turn towards the sideline. Hit me on the sideline. We'll get a completion. All right. If you're rolling to the left, then I'm gonna, you know, go to the side and then boom, after the second or third step, whatever, I'm gonna cut back to the middle, hit me, I'm gonna try and, you know take it for another 20 yards the broken plays where a quarterback and receiver can improvise are maybe not often but they are sometimes they're the biggest plays of that game I mean hey just before I'm recording this it's after the pop-tart bowl and then kind of you know in between so Thursday night football still happening right now there was that broken play with Flacco and he just hits Jerome Ford he takes like 50 yards to the house for a touchdown Flacco's rolling left. Jerome Ford leaks out. He's kind of running with Flacco, working still somewhat in the middle of the field. He's outside of the hash, but right by the numbers, but working towards the left side with Flacco. Flacco hits him. He takes it 50 yards to the house. I was like, <laughs> I mean, look at that. Broken play. Broken play to a touchdown. So it was a fun season. It was a shame that it had to end like this with the poor offensive showing and, you know, he, we just wanted to end on a high note. It was a bummer. Step away for a moment, but when we come back, you're going to get into, you know, what Kansas State did and how I was very impressed with Avery Johnson. How, you know, the 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 his his stat line, his box score numbers may not look the prettiest. You may think, oh, okay, that's not a bad game. But if you watch that game, I think you'll agree that you're coming to, you're coming away impressed with Avery Johnson and that you think that he'll have a bright future. So I'll step away for a moment, but stick with us. Okay, welcome back in. Believe in the Wolfpack. The eighth episode, going to get into you know, what Kansas State did correctly, which was a lot. It was mostly on the ground game, and they just gashed the Wolfpack defense. I mean, like I said earlier, the tackling was just awful. 
for a lot of this game uh, from NC State. And I think everyone, at least once on a defensive drive, was thinking to themselves, man, just why couldn't Peyton Wilson play? <laughs> just, just one more game, man. Come on. <laughs> we just wanted one more game. <laughs> he couldn't do it. And again, I respect it. I respect it. It's the right decision. I don't blame him, but man <laughs> tackling oh was not there needed the captain out there needed the best linebacker in the country out there but ah, what are you gonna do the numbers on the ground are just silly 40 carries for 257 total yards and two touchdowns for kansas state that's 6.4 yards a carry dj giddens he wasn't the MVP of the Pop-Tart Bowl. That was to Avery Johnson. But, you know, DJ Giddens wasn't far behind and may have been more worthy of it. He had 28 carries for 151 yards and a touchdown. That's 5.4 yards a carry. And then receiving, he like I said, he had the one catch for 37 yards and a touchdown. He had two total touchdowns. And I mean, the receiving touchdown, he walked in. But he was just, he was, he was fantastic he was fantastic running the ball like i said i mean first play of the game they're running it inside zone left right off connor or, or, sorry i want to say connor every time i have no idea i think i guess i'm thinking of connor williams because i think he's a guard in the nfl but whatever cooper bb they ran it right behind him almost every single time it felt like and the first play of the game they ran it inside zone left right off bb and it was good for 15 yards even the second play, I think it was 13 yards. And it may not have been. It might have been more straight up the gut. But, I mean, come on. It was almost the entire time. But Giddens was incredible on the ground. He was just constantly fighting for extra yards. Even when you thought you had him wrapped up in the backfield, he sprung it loose and just got an extra even four yards, three yards, which probably, you know, he took he took a two yard loss into a four yard gain or a three yard gain or any kind of gain, so you know he was great. He was uh, tough to bring down. The offensive line for Kansas State was just giving him great holes to just you know run right through, and uh, I mean making it easy for him. He's a great running back, but I mean his off- the offensive line was making it even easier for him. It, at least it seemed. Uh, and then getting into Avery Johnson, I was very impressed with how Avery Johnson played. They didn't run him as much as I thought they were. But even when they did, he, you know, still scored a touchdown from about 20 yards out, made a few guys miss. Uh, he's a very electric player. I mean, throwing the ball, yes, he has some work. He did miss some throws. He did miss some easy throws. He's got some work to do throwing the ball. But. When he was evading pressure, and he wasn't easy to bring down, I don't think he got sacked all night. I'm pretty sure he did not. No, not a single sack. Not a single sack, and then only one for Kansas State, so, you know. But not a single sack the entire night given up by that Kansas State offensive line. That line's got to be happy. (laughs) But, yeah, not a single sack. He was evading pressure. He was making guys miss in the backfield when he was scrambling, but a lot of times he wouldn't initially take off and, you know, get five yards and walk out of bounds or get seven yards, get a first down and go out of bounds. Nah, he was looking downfield a lot of the time. 
he wanted to, you know, throw the ball. He wanted to get his guys involved. He, he you know, he, he wanted to make plays with his arm rather than with his feet by himself. And there's guys around the country in the NFL who still don't do that as well as, you know, Avery Johnson did some at some place tonight. Now, he didn't complete all of them. He just had to, you know, dump it off, throw it away. But honestly, the fact that he's already doing that, that he already has the instinct to let me not just immediately take off, let me, you know, scan the field and try and find one of these broken plays, one of these improvised plays to pick up a 20, 30-yard gain or a big touchdown. I, I really was not expecting that from him. I mean, he went 14 of 31 with 178 passing yards and two passing touchdowns, which isn't anything to, you know, gawk at. I mean, that's not incredible. I'm not, you know, screaming from the mountaintops that he's, you know, the next Peyton Manning or something. But for a freshman to look that way, look that calm and composed in the pocket and when he was scrambling and looking downfield, this kid's going to be pretty good. He's going to be pretty good, I think. I mean, he's going to have an entire offseason to prepare. He's going to have an entire offseason to really, you know, tune up his his throwing skills and his arm talent. Um, but the running talent is always going to be there. And that's always going to make him a threat as a quarterback. That's always going to make him a decent quarterback is his legs and his ability to, you know, just evade pressure make guys miss, pick up a few extra yards with his feet. That's always going to make him a good quarterback. But if he can really get down, you know, this arm accuracy and even a little, you know, throwing power, he's he's he's, he's going to be a good prospect. He's going to be a very good quarterback. Uh, like I, I said in the last episode, you got to make him throw the ball. You got to make him, you know, beat you with his arm. And seven carries for 71 yards, that's a great running game for him. But... He was looking downfield a lot. 31 passing attempts is more than I thought he would have. So they were throwing the ball, but they just ran the ball. <laughs> they just ran the ball that much better. Um, but yeah, I was very impressed with Avery Johnson, just how composed he looked, just how comfortable he looked in the pocket. Never really looked phased at all, even though that was his first full game with Kansas State and with a brand new offensive coordinator. So I was, I, I was impressed. I'll definitely be keeping tabs on him next year to see how he's doing with Kansas state and just see how they're doing as a whole, see his numbers, see if he becomes more of a, you know, toned passer and whatnot, but getting into that new offensive coordinator for Kansas state, uh, he was their offensive line coach. He's gotta be just, absolutely stoked that his team ran for 257 yards on the ground. They averaged 6.4 yards a carry in his first time calling plays with Kansas State. He has to be thrilled. He's probably going nuts. I honestly, I hope he's going nuts right now. If he's even a little bit, you know, composed and calm and whatnot, no, 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 you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. He he better be going nuts. That's got to make him happy. In the last game of the year, you win your bowl game. You have 257 yards. That's insane. And huge, again, not just credit to him, because to start the game, you could tell, like, oh, they were really pounding the rock. They were really just 
keeping the ball on the turf or on the grass. Was it grass? I think it was grass. Yeah, they were really keeping the ball on the grass and just, you know, making that defensive line and those linebackers for NC State feel it. And they were, I mean, the entire game, they were running right behind Connor. Keep wanting to say Connor. (laughs) They were running right behind Cooper Beebe. And, I mean, that's just, you run right behind him, it's five yards every single time. It is five yards every single time. That dude is going to be unbelievable. He is huge. He is huge. I knew he was huge. I knew that. But that is a huge human being. He's already being mocked as a second-round pick. Um, I think it's a safe assumption that he's, just from tonight, he may have kind of jolted himself up to early second round, late first round. Combine's going to help him, but man, he looked awesome tonight. I mean, he was pulling, he was, I had no idea he was in the punt unit. The, 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 the broadcasters made a point about it too, that he was in the punt unit and he was on the play that Kansas State had a fake punt that worked. It didn't go for a touchdown, but it worked. And... He's, 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 I mean, that dude's huge. They were running behind him every, every third and short, every fourth and short, even that uh, fourth and two at the end of the game where it was after Armstrong threw the pick. And, you know, if they pick up the fourth down, they can just knee the ball and the game's over. They ran it right behind him and they picked up five extra yards that they didn't really need. They picked up five extra insurance yards. It was every single third and fourth. You kind of knew it almost. I mean, every now and then, yeah, they'd try to go to a screen or a quick little pass or something on the other side. But their most effective plays were the inside zones or or the quarterback keepers on the left side just running right behind BB. I mean, they could he could have told the defensive line. He could have told the defense, hey, here's what we're doing. I don't know if they could have stopped it. You could have lined everybody everybody up on that side. Could have lined everybody up right in front of him. I don't know if they would have stopped it. So it was very impressive just watching him. Not often do, you know, you get caught watching the offensive line and even a specific offensive lineman. But I caught myself 100% watching just Connor Beebe for a lot of plays tonight. And that is a large human being who is going to be very good on whatever team he's on next year. Would be shocked if he's if he's not a starter. I mean, with even with how often offensive linemen go down every now and then, I he's he's going to be very good. That man is massive, and he was incredible tonight. So credit to him, and credit to Kansas State. They played a great game. That offense was incredible. The defense did their job. They got the turnover late on the pick um, by Armstrong. That was pretty much the nail in the coffin. And they picked up the 28-19 to 19 win. One last thing before we go. Just end on a positive note. End on a positive note. Gotta say, I am happy that they were in the Pop-Tarts Bowl. I did get rid of... There we go. I did get rid of my Pop-Tarts box because we lost. That's over. Am I still going to eat them? Yeah, absolutely. They're delicious. But I'm not going to, you know, give them out the the the... the the free endorsements and whatnot, the free, the free show on here, but the marketing was awesome. It was awesome. The mascot was just the coolest. I want to be friends with that dude so bad. I want to be friends with that mascot so bad. He was great. 
I mean, just his hijinks, dancing with police officers, making fun of the refs. I think he was, I saw on Twitter that someone asked him if the mascot could feed the guy a Pop-Tart and he was all for it. So there's a picture of the mascot, the strawberry frosted Pop-Tart mascot feeding another man a Pop-Tart. It was hilarious. I don't want to get into if, you know, what is and what isn't cannibalism with a Pop-Tart. I'm going to stay off that subject. But regardless, it was awesome. He was great. The giant toaster, I want to live there. I'm so glad they did that. The whole unveiling of, you know, the mascot Pop-Tart, of him popping out of the toaster and everything. You got the fireworks going off. He's like, yeah, it was, it was great. Then at the very end, at the very end, how they kept saying, oh, you know, it's an edible mascot. I'm thinking, that's not an edible costume. They got something else they're going to do. So at the very end, they bring out the giant toaster again. They throw the mascot on top of there, and he's going down. He stands up. He's going down in the toaster. Like, he's going to be toasted and then popped out. And as he's as he's going down, he was holding up a little sign, like a little, you know, Looney Tunes, Wiley and... Wiley the Coyote and Roadrunner sign, like you hold it up, and it just said, dreams do come true, as he was going down in the toaster to get toasted and then eaten. All right, man, we got different dreams, but I support your dreams, especially since they came true, but he went down in the toaster, obviously the Pop-Tart, the man itself, left, and then popped out was, maybe it wasn't the man, maybe he was still in there. I don't think they ever clarified if the if the if the mascot himself, the breathing mascot, got out of there. We're gonna have to do a full investigation on that later. But you see the Pop Tart, you know, kind of pop out, and you know, then it was it was uh, the head coach, and I think it was Avery Johnson there, just taking pieces of the Pop Tart and eating it, throwing it into throwing it into you know their teammates and whatnot. It was cool. It was really funny. It was a really good kind of showing little presentation, little gag. It was awesome. It was very good. I was I was happy that even you got the broadcasters. Uh, the one guy oh, I can't remember his name right now. He also had a hilarious tweet. The play by play commentator had the one had the one tweet. It was like, here's the mascot <laughs> who was just preparing for his eventual death by getting eaten. And I was like, oh my god, <laughs> he's got a point. But oh my god, <laughs> I gotta find it because he was he was just awesome. But he was great. He had his first Pop Tart on air and said it was delicious. The fact that he has never had a Pop Tart. Anish Shroff. Anish Shroff had a tweet that said, "Yup, the mascot just jumped out of a giant toaster. He will be devoured and die in a few hours. His last meal will be himself. Welcome to the Pop Tarts Bowl." Pretty hilarious. Good for him. Good tweet. Um, but he has first Pop Tart on air. The guys at halftime were ranking Pop-Tarts. Overall, it was just a fun bowl game. It was much better than, like, you know, the Tax Slayer Bowl or whatever boring names you got. It's like the – what was the one? It was the Valero Insurance Bowl, Valerio Insurance. I don't know. I'm glad they got, you know, a fun bowl game with a Pop-Tarts mascot as opposed to some lame insurance or Tax Slayer Bowl. We can at least all agree on that. <laughs> the game itself bad the bowl game great so that's gonna wrap it up that's gonna be the final show of 2023 as well well how about that
started this month and we're already into 2024. So I thank you all for joining me for this recap of the Pop-Tarts Bowl and really the final game of the Wolfpack's football season. Going to be all into basketball for the next few months up until March. And hopefully we got the men's and women's team playing in March Madness and making a run uh, for a national championship later, or not later in the year, into 2024. So I thank you for joining me, and we'll see you next time.